Hello and welcome to the Give Yourself the Chat podcast. I'm your host, Peter Lewis, and this show is all about leadership, coaching, and living a life of high performance. So hi, everyone. Welcome to Give Yourself the Chat podcast. I've got another guest with me uh, today, uh, Vijay Shah. Vijay, how are you doing? Uh, hello, Peter. I'm very well, thank you. Um, living life just like everyone else, uh, surviving day to day in lockdown mode. Yeah. Uh, but um, but you know what, uh, Peter? I'm we're we're pretty much I have got that sorted. Actually, we've got ourselves a routine, albeit all determined by a little ten month year old, ten month yeah. ten month old uh, that has dominated our lives and actually means that. We didn't really have a social life before this, so not much has changed, really. <laughs> Nothing, nothing's changed, but a few challenges there. Well, that's great that you, you have your health. I think that's the, the main thing. Um, so, so for the benefit of our, our, our listeners, um, Vijay, I, I was put in touch with you via your brother, Utam, who's over in Los Angeles there. And, and Utam was actually on a previous podcast um, and talking about the music industry and DJing. But you have a very different sort of route in, in your life. You describe yourself, you know, you're a rocket scientist who's passionate about climate change. You're an explorer who spent up to about the last three years traveling and exploring. So there's so much you're doing. So lockdown for an explorer. Now that's got to be an interesting, uh, <laughs> an interesting challenge for you. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's quite difficult not to, like, get out and, and go kind of and do these even those small little adventures that I can get out with a with a little baby. Yeah. Um, I'm I miss those day trips, those multi small little multi day trips that I was kind of being able to do when my life let when my life and, and wife lets me. Yeah. Um but yeah, yeah, that that uh especially such great weather. Gosh, yeah. it's amazing out there. Yeah. yeah it, so it, it, and um, so I'd, I'd love to explore some of the, the exploration stuff and, and rocket scientists, but it, it's yeah, on your, and also I have to mention for the listeners as well, because your, your, your name um, may be familiar with some people who may have watched the, the, the BBC series, Astronauts, Do You Have What It Takes, which I, I know myself and my family, um, we loved that. We've been out to Florida a couple of times and the Kennedy Space Center is such a big draw for us. And there's something quite magical about space exploration and stuff like that. So, I mean, there's so much you could cover, but just give us a sense of what brings you to this point in your life and, and some of that journey you've been on. And, and you can go wherever you like with this, but you know, um, what, what kind of brings you to this point in your life as a sort of climate change, passionate about climate change and, and you know, sort of get, raising awareness and that, um, but also that astronaut adventure and also bits and pieces? Yeah, um, it's, uh, it's one of the first questions that everyone asks anyone really is like you know describe yourself who are you um and and we typically we always go for uh what 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 kind of earns us money our professions right yeah but um but that really is um is is can be determined just by circumstance you know you have to earn money you might not necessarily be who you think you are and so i like to describe myself as like what my passions are and and my passions are are nature um it's science and uh, furthering kind of our knowledge and pushing what we know further and beyond. And I'm absolutely fascinated by all the things we've discovered, especially as a teenager growing up and seeing how much we found out about our universe. Um, and, uh, and that kind of led me towards wanting to uh, 
dedicate my life to be pursuing that knowledge and pushing that further. Um, and but then that combined with kind of the nature and what's kind of how how amazing uh, the the life is, not just for ourselves but uh, yeah. for every species on the planet, has led me to explore some of these uh, uh, most the most amazing uh, habitats and. Uh, places across the earth um, and that has led me I guess to my third um, passion which is I guess for social responsibility uh, and that's being you know responsible for who we are how we live and how we treat uh, each other and and the planet um, and uh, I'm not doing such a great job and that has led me to become an activist for uh, climate change um, and yeah, I guess that's where, that's where I am. I'm trying to balance all of these different passions. And I guess that's kind of makes me as some sort of a, a polymath, but probably yeah. uh, not, not, not as great as obviously as, as some of the, the best polymaths out there, but, but it doesn't matter. It's about your yeah. passions is about exploring each one. And we're never just one facet of a diamond. We're all of those facets together and we shouldn't shy away from, uh, any of those facets and just each, let each one catch the light at some point. That, that's a beautiful way of describing it, actually. That, that's brilliant. So you, the, a word you used there um, was you described yourself as an activist when it comes to, to climate change and everything else. So what does that mean to you when you describe yourself in that way? That means just not sitting around and keeping your mouth shut. Um, that is that if you... Uh, know what needs to be done is to stand up, put your head above the parapet. How else that might be? We all have different skills that we could use, um, even just with our bodies. Um, just being there, being standing up and saying, no, this is not right. Um, um, and for me, I, I'm doing that as well as using some of the skills, some of the, um, um, I guess, the publicity that I've had um, and maximizing uh, the use of that, whereas other people that might be really good at, um, at, at talking on the radio, <laughs> yeah, or, uh, or or making films, or, or 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 pushing the politics side of things, or 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 writing about about climate change as journalists. Um, but even if people don't really have an ability to give a voice forward, just putting your your body. Uh, up there and saying, look, I'm standing with these people over here and we're saying, no, this is not okay and we need to change. Um, so activism is, is many, there's many ways to be an activist and I do what, what I can, uh, when necessary. Um, uh, it's really exciting at the moment with the fact, well, prior to the pandemic, but, yeah. uh, with the, with the movement of Extinction Rebellion where such a great number of people have risen up and have joined together and, and, and some really great organizations um, um, and organizing that's going on to, uh, to progress uh, this movement that has to happen because if not, I really don't know how we're going to survive. It, it, it is. I mean, it's, it's amazing just the, so the, 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 the swell and the, the momentum that Extinction Rebellion w was getting and still has. And, and then we have pandemic. And, and yet there's a, there's a part of me that is hopeful that actually giving the planet a bit of a rest through you know, massive reduction in, in air travel and uh, production and manufacturing and everything else like that. There has, I mean, what, what benefits have you seen coming out of this enforced 
I guess, um, sort of given, as I say, given the planet a bit of a breather. What have you seen? I'm, I'm, I'm guessing there's there's some benefits, but have you actually seen some demonstrable and sort of, and sort of data on this as to how the ben- the planet might be benefiting? Um, well, we've we've seen we've we've seen it for our, for ourselves and our own eyes that the way that actually um, that um, uh, that nature is coming back to our streets just in this very short period of time. We've mm. also also had the time to appreciate it and to see what what's out there because we we you know our lives have really slowed down. Um, I think most of these positives that we can see is probably in, in how we view the world ourselves and everyone I believe um, would have seen the positive effects of this whether it's that the air is cleaner even the cities that we live in in fact um, more so in the cities because that's where you see the greatest drop in air pollution and uh, people I know I, I grew up in London and my a lot of my family still live there they talk about how clean the air is mm. um, um, on on top of that um, but um we, um, I've seen kind of reports and, and videos and pictures of nature, uh, coming out of it kind of exile place and starting to, uh, to come into these habitats that, that we've, we've overrun, uh, which is amazing to see just in the local woods here. I'm seeing more deer, which is amazing yeah. to see. Yeah. But, um, but Peter, do you know what? The 2020 is still on, on course to be the hottest year ever, which shows really? that this, this this pan this you know this this reduction in um, in 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 the emissions that we are experiencing during this pandemic it's just a, a, a small little blip in the in the in the gazillions of of emissions that we've emitted over these years and and it and, and it really just brings home the point that it's the emissions and what we've released it's it takes a number of years for that to really take effect. So we're going to see, even if we stop all emissions today for mm. for the foreseeable future, we will still see a lot of warming happening just from all the past emissions that we've released, um, which which kind of should really bring it home that um, that actually, you know, it's not something that we can fix just like that. If no. you know, we, if and when we decide to, no, it's something we need to fix now for future yeah yeah and and i totally agree with you. Your, your points there about how you know you can just notice it literally on your doorstep the change but also perhaps people are getting more access to nature because they're going out for their uh, their walks and i mean I, I i go out running and i've never seen so many people on some of my trail runs whereas several months ago i'd be by myself and there's a part of me that hopes that, that habit sticks and in some small way people's mindset has changed not only about nature but also about how fragile our own existence is within this this sort of ecosystem we've got but like you say it's there's a lot of work to be done yet so are you hopeful for us as a species coming out of this that in some way things may change i i'm i'm so hopeful in fact this is in 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 the in the most macabre sort of way it's probably the best thing to happened to us really because this this pandemic it, and it is a crisis it is a massive health crisis um uh to that that has um that has taken us completely by surprise but it's going to be a quite a short-lived crisis in in respect and or or rather relative to the climate crisis that's that's that 
that we're kind of just at the beginning of experiencing. So it could be, you know, a wake up call. And hopefully we do wake up from this and make us a, a, a change as, uh, to do the massive changes that is required before it is too late. So this is, so I, I'm really hopeful. And as you said, Peter, it's realized, I think people, a lot of people have realized that um, and sit and look and start to look at the world in a different way than they have done and realize that actually, you know, we are a part of nature, not exclusive of it. And we live only within its, its biosphere um, mm. for so long. We've, Brought ourselves off of exterior to that, and and really, it's just really brought it home. I think for a lot yeah. of us, it's a it's a bit of a sobering moment. Very, very, and uh, and also the the effect it's had on on relationships and and people coming together. Yeah, you know, I, I I for one am, am optimistic and and hopeful, uh, like you are as well. But we shouldn't get complacent about it. And I think the human condition is such that we have very short memories. And uh, I think going back to your the activism piece there, I think it's for all of us to to say no. We we can't go back to to how it was. We we must do things differently and and look at the benefits that uh, that so so yeah let, let's let, let's hope let's um let's turn our attention now because I'm, I'm having watched the series I'm, I'm fascinated to know about your experience with astronauts do you have what it takes what um tell me about that whole um experience and and kind of what you learned coming out the, the other end of that um that whole thing um so um i've always wanted to be an astronaut so, you know combining those aspects those passions that i talked to you earlier about about really pursuing uh science and pushing the boundaries of what we can uh, what we can achieve and and wanting to experience it firsthand i thought on no better occupation than to be a national clearly mm-hmm. um so it, it's kind of pushed me towards my career choices in studying aeronautical engineering and working uh, as an aerospace engineer for over the last uh, greater than a decade um, and so um, I've always waited for the next European Space Agency's applications to open up to allow us to apply to be astronauts but uh, the last one was in 2007 and I had just come out of university then um, that's when Tim Peake got selected um, and there hasn't been one since um, and so when I saw that the BBC were doing this series to um, um, to take people through a national selection program, I, I jumped at it because I okay. wanted okay. to know, yeah. you know, what what is it like to get to, to go through that process, and and you know, could I get through that through that or selected for one, and then get get through um, um, and being selected as as kind of a, a national candidate, albeit on TV, um, and uh, it was a fascinating experience. I mean. Commander Hadfield was uh, was leading this, and he is a hero of mine. And just to meet him was an amazing experience. Uh, but but to be taught how to do things that astronauts do by Commander Hadfield, who had been the commander of the International Space Station, was incredible. Um, and I guess for me, the best experience was learning to dock the Soyuz uh, capsule onto the International Space Station as, in a virtual simulator, yeah. taught by Commander Hadfield in Russian that we'd only learned four days prior. Seriously? Um, wow. 
<laughs> yeah, that was pretty incredible. We 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 were flown to uh, Germany. In fact, we didn't know where we were going because uh, we didn't have any wallets and the phones. We didn't have yeah. our passports. Sometimes we were even blindfolded. Um, so uh, we we were flown to uh, Germany and we turned up at this facility, which is the DLR, um, uh, which is which is one of the European Space Agency's facilities. Uh, and then there they had this. Uh, um, a, a virtual simulator that the astronauts themselves used to train to dock the soil onto the International Space Station and their Kramander Hadfield taught us in Russian very only in a few minutes and then we had to do it for real without any guidance um, on that test and that was pretty uh, pretty incredible also uh, yeah. very stressful amazing amazing now it's you remind me having watched that that series my family and I were, were glued to it and uh uh, all the tests you had to go through, and I, I remember the one you just talked about there. But there are lots of other ones of, as well about you know sort of testing all sorts of elements of of your capability. But I seem to remember one. There was a a string of digits you had to remember, but then had to recite them backwards or something. There was some test that was like, how on earth are you even? Can, can, can you remember that test? What was that about? Something yeah. about digits? And, yeah. Yeah, so that was that was in fact one of the first tests that we we, we had to do, and um, what we had to do was to do a repetitive task, just to uh, um, I guess to to confuse us or occupy part of our our, our brains, and that yeah. was just and this particular task was stepping up and down of this little platform, so just continuously step up and down of this platform, and then um, they would play a tape of of someone in some foreign voice saying a string of digits uh, to us and, and, at varying speeds. Um, and so we started off with just three digits and then it, and it kept on getting greater and yeah. greater until yeah. of course you got, uh, you got, you got too many wrong and then, and then had to, uh, and then the test is over. But we didn't just have to repeat them back. We had to repeat them back backwards. Yes. Um, <laughs> and on top of that, there was about a five second pause between when we could, after they finished playing those digits before we could repeat them back. So you had to recall all that information in your head, uh, turn it around and then wait five seconds before then being able to try and to, um, trying to recall that back and, and, and correctly. Um, and it got really hard because, um, not only you have to obviously change the, remember a long string of digits, um, and then, and then reverse it, but, the fact that it was a foreign voice and um, it made me realize that a lot of language is to do with the rhythm. So when we say a, a string of digits uh, in our native tongue to come from the also in our native tongue, you'll find that there's a melody to how we say that. Even when we're talking right now, Peter, I'm yeah. talking in a particular melody yes. um, in, in, in sentences that we say. And when, when I ask a question, for instance, it's, uh, it's, you know, I'm saying in a particular way. And the same thing we say about digits, but in this foreign voice, it was so confusing. It was so confusing. <laughs> it's, and and I, I, um, you mentioned Commander Hadfield there, and 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 Chris Hadfield is quite a remarkable chap. But there's a wonderful quote that um, is attributed to him. I think it's something he said something about. There's no problem is so bad that you can't make it worse. And <laughs> I love that quote. And it strikes <laughs> strikes me that you know the. An astronaut, in astronaut training, they're looking for so many different things, but one of them has got to be that calmness under pressure and being able to keep your emotions in check. Um, and 
you know, he comes across as a very sort of cool individual, but I, I guess they, they all are. In terms of the, the tests that you had to do, what, what would you say, um, you've said one the most enjoyable, what, what was the hardest test that you went through during that whole process, would you say? Um, the hardest uh, test for me um, is actually quite a simple test, actually. It was when we had to make these origami birds. Um, so, uh, so we were, uh, again, we were just brought into this room. We have no idea what was going on and we're told to sit down and then a bunch of square paper was put in front of us. And then we we're given a, uh, a, a set of instructions to, to, to fold, uh, step-by-step instructions of, and then eventually you get the origami bird. Um, and then you're meant to make as many as you can in an hour and each one has to be as perfect as the last. Um, is that, in fact, this is exact. This is the test that they do for the uh, the J- Japanese astronaut selection, actually, where they have to make about 100 or 150 birds, and each one has to be as perfect as the first one uh, wow. that that was, that was made. Um, and so, okay, yep, yeah, fair enough. And it's yeah. not one of the major tests that we're doing. It wasn't you know we weren't being spun around in a centrifuge, um, um, but. Um, um, but uh, but it was a test nonetheless, and and we started, and then you know I started to fold uh, fold the bird and making uh, taking extra care to make sure all of the creases were perfect and all of the folds were perfect, and then I got to uh, one of the steps about uh, three quarters of it in, and I it, it, it was a bit confusing, and and the first bird just it kind of fell apart then, so I go okay, um, start again. So I started again and I was making them. And, and already I can see one of the other candidates had finished the bird. And then soon enough, the, and another candidate had also finished the bird. And they're on the second bird. And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> carry on, go through this. And then I came to the same step. And then I got stuck again. I couldn't see what was going on. Why wow. can't I get past this step? And it was wrong. And then and within this hour, three quarters of the hour had gone through. There was a pile of paper, screwed up paper beneath me. All of the other, almost all of the other candidates, apart from one, had created a number of birds, all you know, different, varying from the numbers and varying on the qualities. But they sure. all had birds up there, um, and and they were and they were just they were just they were just churning through. And there was me sitting there, knowing that all of these other people had created that, and the pressure um, that I was facing or putting myself under. Uh, was was immense, and then I realised that okay, you know, the more I'm getting pressured, the more I'm getting stuck on this really particular problem. Um, and then you know, there's only ten minutes remaining, and I hadn't yet made a single bird. There's only one other candidate, and he he was stuck as well on some other problem or so. Yeah. He had he had no birds as well. Um, uh, and um, and I really you know the, the depression, and I could really like keep it in check um, because you could start to panic and start yeah. to go. I, you know, I did, there was a really strong urge for me to just rush through, fold, fold, fold as quickly as I could to try yes. and get a bird out. But I realized that if I do that, I'm not going to get past this step that I got stuck in, stuck on. Um, in the end, I realized, um, uh, in fact, you know, only a few minutes remaining, I go calmly, carry on, got to that step, spent a bit more time on it. I realized that all it was, or well, I had it 180 degrees out of, um, alignment and if i uh-huh. turned it around the fold worked and i got the bird 
perfectly out of that. I was like, right, I've cracked this. This is this is it. So yeah. I, I I I I managed to get through a second bird just as the buzzer went, um, and finished it. And well, finished it. Well, I got I got two birds, a lot less than everyone else. But um, it really shows that calmness under pressure is what is worth so much more than um, than, than than starting to panic. And it really shows this, why those skill sets are so important. Absolutely. Who would have thought origami birds on astronaut training would, would factor? But clearly it, it does. So so um, before we kind of move on to some of your exploration stuff, what did that whole experience, that astronaut, um, have you got what it takes experience? What what did you learn about yourself having gone through that? What, um, uh, what I've learned about myself is that... Uh, it gave me the confidence to realize that um, I, out of all of the people selected, and, and you know, there's about, I think, 3,000 applications that were selected down to uh, the 12 applicants that were shown on the, on the TV program. And I was, there was a whole, about six months of selection that happened prior to us getting onto the TV program. Yeah. Um, um, and, uh, and, uh, and working through that and meeting all these other candidates who were all uh, amazing, had done some spectacular things. I, the first thing I realized was actually, you know, I, I'm kind of standing up there with them. Yeah. Um, and that, uh, um, and to have the confidence that they go, okay, you know, I, I have over my lifetime have developed the skill sets and the knowledge and the experience, uh, to be able to do this job, to be standing up there with the best. And then the other thing that I realized, and that was a very positive thing to realize, um, was that they were testing us on all aspects of ourselves and our personality and our abilities. And it really highlights, I guess, the things that we are strong in as well as what we're weak in. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and, and in fact, no, I, I changed the word weak. Um, it's things that we need to work on. Yes. Because, because no one is born as the perfect astronaut candidate. Chris Hadsall said that wasn't born um, no. being the perfect astronaut candidate material. No, he worked on it, worked on all aspects of his skill sets, his personality, um, uh, until he had all of the skill sets required. And so uh, that's what we need to do. We need to challenge ourselves in, in all different manners that highlight the areas that we need to work on. Um, it's pointless just concentrating and doing all the things you're great at and good at because you're not really challenging yourself. We need to challenge ourselves in those areas that um, that we need to work on. I, I love that. Yeah, it, it is uh, the, the challenge to self. So, um, you've I'm guessing, uh, VJ, you've been in some pretty challenging environments as well with your uh, exploration, your travel. Um, it looks like you've been to. Have you been to every continent in the world, or is there still uh, something? Peter, I haven't been to Antarctica. It's there waiting for me. It's waiting <laughs> for you, It will have to wait a little bit longer as soon as we get through this this lockdown. But thinking about those those moments where you've personally been challenged, and it may have been on the astronaut training, it may have been as you've explored. Um, in the spirit of give yourself the the chat, what do you find? When you're in those moments of either self-doubt or tiredness and all you want to do is do the easy thing rather than the hard thing or the right thing, and it may even be in your activism as well um, with climate change, how do you manage those moments uh, for you personally? Yeah, so um, 
Uh, you're absolutely right. You know, anyone that has been has pushed themselves and challenged themselves has had to face their own demons at, at some point or the other. Um, have had to give themselves the, the chats, and certainly on expedition, um, you 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 can't just give up. And um, those uh, there's no time for to really give yourself uh, the chat because you know if you stop you literally are going to die. So that's a really easy chat to give. Yeah. But I'd say before that, before that, before going on the expedition or just about to embark on it, when when you've done, you, you, you spent loads of money, um, you, you, you've trained, you, you've, you've gold a kit and stuff, but have, you know, you are about to put yourself in, in mortal danger in some of these uh, conditions and stuff. And, and 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 I have a number of times going right. Is this should I be doing this? Am I? Why am I doing this? Yeah. We're not prepared. This is a death sentence. This is this is stupid. Um, and in those moments, I've had to uh, give myself the chat, or even beforehand, even before when I'm knowing that I'm going to come to this point. Like this is something that I really want to plan. And it is at those moments that I give myself the chat. And I I I always go back to two words um, that define, I guess, pretty much everything I do. And that is uh, no regrets. To have no regrets. I don't want to be looking back in, in five years' time or in 10 years' time wishing I had done X, Y, and Z. And, and certainly in doing X, Y, and Z, they might not have worked out. They might have failed. Um, it might have taken me in a direction that uh, um, that 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 wasn't very valuable or, or, or didn't come to anything and it might have been a big waste of money or a big waste of time, but I'd rather be in that situation and looking back and saying, I, I, I tried. I tried with the best of my abilities um, and, um, and I have no regrets than, than the inverse and to be looking back and go, I wish I'd tried. I wish I'd done this. I really was passionate about doing whether it be an expedition, whether it be um, a, a new project designing a new type of structure, whatever, to, to explore a new planet uh, that I do kind of in the day job, or or even in that, uh, that I didn't stand up or standing up above the parapet to say, look, this is an issue. We need to change the way we live. And, um, I don't want to be having to explain to my child what I did in 2020. Um, uh, when kind of the world was warming up and an alarm and pace and it was clear what needs to happen. And I just sat there silently. So no regret. Yeah, I, I, I love that. It's that, you know, this, for, for me, it's the sort of, it's a bit cliched, but that pain is temporary, pride is forever piece, which speaks to the no regrets, isn't that? No matter how hard it might feel now or how scary living with the fact that perhaps you didn't try or didn't do your best is far worse. And I think you have to, you have to future pace yourself. You have to remind yourself, you know, VJ or Peter, you don't want to live with that. So therefore do this now. And, and, and that's not easy, but it's not supposed to be easy. And it's those moments where no regrets really, really kicks in. Um, as someone, as, yeah. as someone once told me, you know, uh, anything worth doing, is not easy. no, 
no absolutely and uh yeah everyone everyone wants a hack everyone wants a life hack to try and get but but actually part of it is the the love of the process it's the it's the preparation for these trips it's the trip you know it's it, it i think you have to remind yourself and again it's you know it's living in the now but but so much of the fulfillment for all these projects you get involved is part of that process of of either pushing knowledge or pushing uh, an agenda, whatever it might be. I think we have to remind ourselves that the, the process is where the joy l- lies. Um, we're coming to, to the end shortly, uh, BJ. This was fascinating. But you, it, you, your day job is as a, as a rocket scientist, is it not? Yes, that's right. Um, I'm, I, 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 yeah, I used to work on rockets. I don't now. I work on um, uh, sensors, these laser sensors to help... Um, uh, to help spacecraft land on on other planets, which is bizarre, because you know, coming from you know, think of a rocket scientist. Um, but then you know, again, it, it comes down to that no regret side. I really wanted to get harder into space when I'm working as a rocket scientist in the UK, and I worked on the most uh, most advanced project actually that's happening um, probably in the world in developing this new type of rocket propulsion engine, but. It'll be many years before that's in space. And uh, right now, I'm working on hardware that actually we might be launching very soon. Uh, so so that's, uh, that's really cool. That, 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 that is amazing. And uh, Vijay, we, you know, we just scratched the surface on that. And so perhaps we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that at some other time. But I've really enjoyed um, getting to know you um, on this. And thank you so much for your, your time there. If people want to find out more about you and your cause and anything else, um, here's your opportunity. Let them know. How can they find out? So uh, check out my website. It's bjshah.info or or hit me up on Twitter or Instagram or any one of those social media uh, aspects. But there's some great stuff. You can see the pictures and videos that I've made of my expeditions all on my uh, all on my website, um, as well as um, some great blog piece uh, that I write, which I really write from kind of where my passion lies. It's all coming from the heart. So check it out. Have a read. And if you like anything you you see, then just say hi. Absolutely. Join in the conversation. Well, um, I, for one, have loved this conversation, VJ. It's been an absolute delight chatting with you. Um, stay healthy. And, uh, and then once this lockdown's out of the way, you can get back to your exploring. But I'm sure your brain's working overtime making plans right now. Absolutely. Lovely speaking with you, Peter. Brilliant. Take Thanks care. very much, VJ. Take care. Wow, another great guest on the Give Yourself the Chat podcast. Really enjoyed chatting to VJ there. And there's a man that's packed several lifetimes worth of experiences into his life so far. And and to have a rocket scientist and trainee astronaut on the podcast show, um, fantastic, fascinating. And, and also a committed activist and somebody passionate about the preservation of and the celebration of this planet of ours. And I hope that this has given you cause to think about uh, what you can do, either with your own exploration mindset or or even just doing your bit, all of us doing our bit to preserve this wonderful planet of ours, then this podcast will have done its job. In the meantime, though, uh, get yourself over to LinkedIn, uh, join me in the conversation, suggest which podcast guests you'd like me to feature on next and subjects you'd like me to explore here on Give Yourself the Chat. But in the meantime, look after yourself and we'll see you on the next one.